Hey fella, so it's easy to get sidetracked sometimes by the minutiae of how to train and how to eat, ignoring all the other areas of your life that are even more important to get right. You see, most diets based on restricting calories will work. Most training programs based on, you know, gradually pushing yourself, but without necessarily overdoing things will work. But no training or diet program will work unless one vital thing in your life is running smoothly, and that is sleep. And the thing is, we can nail our sleep within a week by stacking tiny habits each day for seven days. And that's what I'm taking you through today. Basically, one week to better sleep. Hey, I'm Chris Davidson, and this is the Over 40 Freaking Awesome podcast covering men's fitness after 40 and how to improve your health, well-being and waistline as you get older. I'm a fitness and lifestyle coach to men 40 plus here in Ireland. And also now worldwide, thanks to my online four-week coaching programs, which I'll talk about at the end of this episode. But I'm also a tired, busy married dad of three with plenty on my plate, just like you. So rest assured, I'll only ever give out realistic, doable advice because I know that hardcore, time-intensive, weird things just won't work for us long-term in our efforts to thrive after 40. Now, I'm going to talk about football here for a second, and not our football here in the UK and Ireland that you guys call soccer in North America, but NFL. Now, we get a great highlight show here, pitched at just the right level for people new to the game, but, you know, knowledgeable enough about sports in general to be able to pick up the rules and tactics fairly quickly. Anyway, I love this show, and I, for some reason, decided the Chicago Bears was going to be my team. I think I did this because my wife occasionally goes to Chicago with work and I thought, oh, she can get me some good looking merchandise and shirts and stuff. Anyway, I regret this decision every day as my chosen team seems to be a perennial shit show. But as you know, the man code states I can't change teams now just because they're a bit crap. Anyway, this is all leading to an analogy about sleep, so bear with me. Now, let's look at football tactics. Let's say your offense is your workout program and your defense is your diet, and sleep is your quarterback. So, think about it, you can have a great offense and defense, but if your quarterback sucks, you'll be lucky to make the playoffs. Sleep, like a good quarterback, brings everything together, so it all clicks and you can make progress. So even if your offense or defense isn't amazing, a great quarterback can still drive a team to success. And just like your workout program or diet doesn't have to be perfect as long as your sleep is making sure your body is humming like a well-oiled machine, then things will work. Another podcast, another Chris Labored analogy. This should be a regular segment, shouldn't it? Anyway, hopefully you get my point though. Don't sleep on nailing your sleep if you're trying to get fitter, slimmer and healthier. Don't get sidetracked by minor diet and training tweaks. Instead, let's learn how to nail your sleep in a week. We're going to stack tiny habits that are so small that they don't feel like too much effort. This is the key when trying to do something new. You don't want to shake up that whiny part of your brain that will tell you, oh, it's all too hard, I'm too busy to change things. I'll make these changes when I'm less busy. Day one, you'll do one thing. Day two, you'll do a new thing and day one's thing. And by day seven, you're then doing seven tiny things, but which together ensure you're going to be getting seven to eight hours quality sleep every night in the process, boosting your testosterone and metabolism, feeling better rested, and just feeling like you want to grab each day by the balls again. 
you're much more likely to make progress with your eating and training efforts too because your body is fully recovered. So, enough gibbering about American football. Let's jump into what we're going to do each day. Okay, so on day one, our first task is to get on a sleep schedule. You're going to do this by deciding a time you're going to go to bed every night this week. Set an alarm on your phone so you don't forget. Tell the missus what you're doing too so she doesn't lead you astray. You want to get in bed at a time that is about eight hours before you need to get up the next morning. The first few nights what will happen is you'll probably just lie there for a while thinking, this is pointless, I'm not tired, why am I doing this? Again, ignore the whiny voice. Just lie there and start getting to bed at the right time. That's all I want you to do on day one. Day two though, we're going to look then at sleep environment, which is a very grand thing you'll see written about online. It's just about setting up the bedroom and your surroundings to help you sleep rather than hindering your sleep. So that's all we're doing on day one. But then day two, I want you to look at your sleep environment. Now that's just a very fancy way of saying how your bedroom and your, your life around bedtime is set up, whether it's going to help you or hinder your sleep. So what I want you to do on day two is to not bring your phone to bed because we're trying to minimise screen use in the run-up to bedtime. So if you need your, if you're saying, oh, hold on, I need my smartphone beside my bed because it has my alarm clock on it, don't worry, just find an old phone in your house. Everyone has a couple of old phones lying around the house these days. Use an old phone, ideally with all the other apps stripped off it so you're not tempted. Use an old phone as your alarm clock, leave your normal phone downstairs. Now the reason I'm telling you to do this is by looking at your phone in bed, the screen light, number one, the screen light affects your body's ability to produce melatonin, which is what we need to fall asleep. But then also we're trying to calm your brain down. So imagine you're trying to calm your brain down. What isn't going to help there is you looking at sports gossip and current affairs and dumb videos and feeling wired and getting all sorts of ideas into your head. So day two, all I want you to do is to leave your phone downstairs as well as doing the same thing you did on day one, which is getting to bed at the right time. So there's two things were stacked already. That leads us now into day three. In the run-up to going to bed, what I want you to do is avoid having any alcohol or junk food after your dinner. The reason I'm telling you to do that is because alcohol in your system may well make you feel a bit sleepy, but it stops you then getting into a deep sleep. So you can wake up the next morning having slept a decent amount of time, but you won't actually feel that well rested. And the reason I'm telling you not to have any kind of junk food and spicy stuff before bed is that it takes longer to digest. And therefore that digestion is quite distracting for your body at a time when you're potentially lying in bed trying to get to sleep. What you want is your bodily processes, I suppose, to be nice and calm so you can just fall asleep. So day three. Hopefully you're keeping up here. Day three, you're getting to bed at the same time as you have been the last couple of days. You're leaving the phone downstairs and you're also not having any alcohol or junk food before bedtime. Day four, we're going to look a bit more at stress levels. Now, a great way I find to get all of those crazy thoughts out of my head that I would normally run through as I'm lying in bed trying to fall asleep. You know, when you're lying in bed trying to solve the world's problems, when you actually just want to fall asleep. What I'm going to tell you to do is try to get out for a walk after your dinner. So even just for 15, 20 minutes, ideally by yourself, not listening to music or anything, get yourself out for a walk. And that is your time to just let your mind run through everything that's gone on previously in that day that you would normally try and get through at bedtime. It just 
exercises that kind of worrying, stressing part of your brain, which means that you're less likely to lie there awake trying to run through a million and one things at bedtime. And also, by going out for even a 15-20 minute walk, it stretches your limbs a little bit so you don't feel kind of antsy at bedtime, especially if the nature of your work is sitting down, your limbs don't actually get stretched very much and that can mean that you go to bed and your mind is probably tired, but your limbs and your body aren't particularly tired and therefore you can feel a little bit antsy. Just getting out for a 15-20 minute walk after dinner will help to tire them out just a little bit so you're less likely to have those kind of jittery limbs. So you're trying to go out for a walk after your dinner and remember you're still going to bed at the same time, you're still leaving your phone downstairs and you're not having junk and booze after your dinner. That's four days Four tiny habits. We've got another couple of habits to add on now because day five, what I'd like you to do is to turn your TV or or your phone off, whatever you're watching, turn that off 30 minutes before that designated bedtime. Read, read a book, talk to your spouse, heaven forbid, but try and do something for a while that's just less entertaining, if that makes sense. Because the problem is that we can be so wired by watching stuff on TV and then we expect ourselves to just go to bed and switch off immediately. We're so hyped up potentially from what we've been watching on YouTube or uh, on TV or on Netflix that that's still running through our heads. So if you think about it, if we can just take half an hour between the entertaining side of the night and going to bed to calm things down, ideally even with dimmed lights in your living room, again, to start giving the body a signal that you're about to go to bed and it's sleepy time, then that will help you fall asleep. And remember, as well as turning the TV off 30 minutes before bedtime, you're still trying to go out for your walk after dinner, you're still going to bed at the same time, you're leaving your phone downstairs, and you're not having your junk and booze after dinner. Day six, I want us to think about a certain supplement, specifically magnesium glycinate. Now, magnesium glycinate is an excellent way to encourage your body to produce melatonin. As I've said in previous podcast episodes, melatonin is what we need to produce in order to fall asleep to feel sleepy and that's what can hinder us sometimes we lie in bed and we're so wired that we can't fall asleep and then you start worrying about the fact that you can't fall asleep and then you're in a spiral a bit of magnesium glycinate half an hour before bedtime will help your body's natural melatonin production and it will make you much more likely to fall asleep when you want to so you can pick it up fairly cheaply from amazon or ebay or in your local uh, health food store magnesium glycinate consider that if by day six, you're finding that you're still having trouble actually nodding off into uh, sleepy land. And then that brings us to our final day of the week, day seven. And that's more of a recap day because by this stage, there's probably some things over the preceding six days that you have managed to do better than others every night. So this is your day to identify why. Why is that? Why have I struggled to put that one into place? And then that's your action plan for the next week because we're trying to keep all the habits that you've managed to nail over the course of the week. You want to keep those going, you want to keep those plates spinning, but we want to have a bit of an action plan for how to get the other ones in place that you haven't quite nailed over the course of the week. Having said that, even if you haven't nailed every single day's tiny habit, I would be amazed if you haven't already noticed some progress in the quality and quantity of your sleep by day seven. As I've said, this tiny habit stacking is the key. All of these changes probably seem tiny, but that's the point. There is no magic bullet when it comes to improving your sleep. It's tiny lifestyle changes that add up over time. If you prioritize your sleep like an NFL team owner prioritizes getting the guy in at quarterback, 
that will bring everything together. I hope by laying it out like that, the tiny steps to take over the next six or seven days has given you something to work with, something you feel you can genuinely start doing immediately to start sleeping better, to help you thrive again and achieve your body shape goals, whatever they may be. As usual, I would love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast to help spread the word. Remember to reach out if you're interested in becoming a beta tester for my four-week one-on-one coaching program, Dad Bod Rebooted, at a massive discount. I'll put the link in the episode description. And as usual, check out offercoach.com for lots of free stuff, ebooks and courses and all that jazz too. But I'll talk to you soon. Take care, mate.